so this uh, this talk is actually my last sort of formal talk um, on the fact that God loves you. <laughs> formal because that's what you're always going to hear. And um, but we've had a series all summer long on the fact that God loves you. And uh, emphasis on you, wanting you to understand that God has a love for you that is unbelievable, <laughs> extraordinary. And uh, next week, um, I'm I'm wondering if there's anyone that would be willing to um, speak to the implications of that truth. Um, so I'm, I'm just laying it out there. Next week, during our sharing time, I'm hoping that there'll be people that would be willing to share the implications for them of some of the truths that we've talked about all summer, about God's love for you, and how, uh, how unique it is. And, 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 and we talked about all of the, not all of them, we just scratched the surface, but some of the characteristics of it the nature of God's love. And so I'm hoping next week there'll be some people brave enough to sort of share the implications of God's love for you uh, with us. And it'll be an encouragement to each of us. God's love is extraordinary. Break it apart. Extraordinary. God's love for you is supernatural. Break it apart. Super natural. It's exceptional. And I want to conclude this morning by keeping in that vein that idea that God's love exceeds the usual experience of love. God's love for you exceeds the human experience of love. And then just kind of talk a little bit about some of its implications. So today let's consider the fact that God's love for us is transcendent. I love that word. It's a word that you're not going to use a lot probably in day-to-day -day conversation. Um, but I was thinking, you know, transcendent is a word that actually is very close and akin to holy. We say that God is holy. That means he is transcendent. He exceeds the normal. He's beyond what is natural. So the definition for transcendent is this. Beyond or above the range of normal. Or merely physical human experience. That's what it is to be transcendent. And today I want you to know that God's love for you is transcendent. And I want to use a, a case in point, a case study, that will give us some insight into the transcendence of God's love for you. And I want us to take a look at time. God's love for you is timeless. God's love for you is timeless. Did you know that time is part of the creation? 
seconds, minutes, hours, days, months, weeks, years, decades, millennia, is a construct, was created at the beginning of the human experience. We read about it in the very first verses of the Bible, in, Ge in Genesis 1. We read these words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, there was morning, day. There was a day. And that is the beginning of time. We, of course, he left the details up to us, and we constructed these great uh, pieces of time, elements of time, we call seconds and minutes and hours and days and so on and so forth. But time is something that is part of God's creation. And so we shouldn't be surprised that when this experience, the created experience of the world, when we come to the end of the world, we'll also come to the end of time. Time will end. How do we know this? Well, interestingly enough, you go to the very end of the Bible. So at the beginning of the Bible, we have the beginning of time, and at the end, we have the end of time. And we read in Revelations 21, these words. I saw no temple in it. Okay, so what's this about? John, Jesus' good friend, colleague, had a great vision, and it was a vision of the end of the world, the end times, and how things would come to closure, and then how a new eternity would begin. And there would be a new heaven and a new earth, and, and it was described as um, a new Jerusalem, a new city. And so he's in the process here of describing this city. I saw no temple in it, the city. For the Lord, the God Almighty, the Lamb, are its temple. And the city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the lamp. I love that. Yes. There's no sun needed. There's no moon needed. There's the lamp. What did Jesus say? I am the light of the world. He is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it in the daytime, for there will be no night there. Its gates will never be closed, and they will bring the glory and honor of the nations into it, and nothing unclean, and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it. No one is going to sully the light. but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So in the new heaven and new earth, there will be no need for the moon or the sun 
to mark the passage of time because Jesus will be the light and we will just be. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around that because we are so entrenched in this concept of time. But we need to understand that time is a construct. Before the creation of the world, there was no time. After the creation of the world, there will be no time. So some of you might be wondering, what does this have to do with the transcendent love of God for you? Well, just read this passage in Ephesians with me. Ephesians 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in every spirit, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him, listen to this, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. What does that equate to? Before time. He chose us in him before time, before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless in his sight. And why did he do this? In love. <laughs> because of his great love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us. Think about that for a minute. God's love for you precedes the creation of time. God's love for you holds you during time. And God's love for you will go beyond, as we've read in Revelation, time. God's love for you is timeless. It transcends time. Perhaps this is what Paul meant when he wrote these words in Romans 8.38. In all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor, listen, nor anything in all of creation, Nothing in this period of time in which we live, nothing will separate you from the love that started before there was time and will end never. <laughs> he chose us before the foundation of the world. So no, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing in all of creation, nothing in this period of time, which is represented by this book, which starts with the beginning of time and ends with the end of time. We live 
sometime, somewhere in here. <laughs> Some people will argue we're in Revelation, but I'd say we're before Revelation. We, we, we are here, but nothing will separate you from the love of God. Nothing in all of creation. God's love for you is transcendent. This is a profound truth. The implications of which I'm sure would be different for each of us, but there is one that I really want to make sure that we're clear about. And we've really been focusing on it and thinking about it even this morning. Around here we sing this song, and I've got a few slides of the song here. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your perfect love is casting out fear. Even when I'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life, I won't turn back. I know you are near. And I will fear no evil, for God is with me. And if my God is with me, whom then shall I fear? Whom then shall I fear? And I can see a light that is coming for the heart that holds on, a glorious light beyond all compare. And there will be an end to these troubles. But until that day comes, we'll live to know you here on this earth. God's love exceeds, is transcendent of time, and sees us through this period known as time. And so, if we believe that God, God's love transcends time, it should have a tremendous influence on our perspective of life. The valley of death, the prospect of disease, physical illness, economic hardship, social disease, interpersonal tension, you name it. Think of the worst thing that you can think of. And then think of the fact that God loved you before time, loves you during time, and will love you forever. Kind of puts it in perspective, doesn't it? That God will never leave you. He will never let go. His love for you is solid and unending. Here's a few other implications that I want you to think about. Besides the fact that God loves you and has loved you and loves you now and will always love you. One of them is this idea that I grew up with and that is that I figured, okay, God loves me, but there's a best before date. <laughs> or there's got to be a shelf life because I screw up so much he's going to throw in the towel 
God has always loved you. God is loving you and always will love you. And how much I screw up doesn't affect his love for me. It never spoils. It never goes wrong. Or how about this idea? Living a life under the tyranny of time. Feeling like there's never enough hours in the day. There's only so many hours in the day. Feeling that we have to achieve so much. It's put in perspective, doesn't it, when we get this concept of God's love transcending time. What about this? This drive that we all seem to have, that we need to leave a legacy. This need to sort of live on. But living on is, is something that is living on within this time frame, this very limited scope. I wonder if maybe we should worry less about our legacy and worry more about now. Right now. What are we doing for God, for others, for God and others? What are we doing that has eternal consequences? Not just legacy as in this short chapter in the history of God. But now I, I want to just think of one last implication. And that is your eternal destiny. Because as much as God's love transcends time, time is reality for us. <laughs> How many years do we have? I'm sure pastors used to say 60 years. That was probably 40 years ago. Then they start talking about eight years. Now, let's face it, we're talking, you got about 100 years. So you've got 100 years, right? And in those 100 years, there is a decision that affects your eternity, right? I personally believe God's love will never end for you. But where you spend eternity is affected by what you do with this chapter, your life, this hundred years, and whether or not you will accept his love for you, whether or not you will accept what Christ has done for you on the cross, whether or not you have enabled him to set you free from the bondage of sin and death and, and Satan. So as much as this concept frees us. It can also, I hope, bring urgency. Because what we decide now has implications forever. Your eternal destiny is determined now. 
in this period of time that exists. And we don't know, <laughs> quite frankly. Let's face it, Bill got his license back this week. We don't know <laughs> how long will last. <laughs> I can tease Bill. Right. I'm really pleased you got your But we don't know. We don't know how long our lives will last. We don't know if our last breath will be in an hour. And so there is time. But time is of the essence. Isn't that ironic? As much as time is of the essence, and yet time is not of the essence when it comes to God's love for you. And so I just hope that each one of us will embrace this idea that God loves you and that you have time. But now's the time. And once you've made that decision, you get a fresh perspective on all of these things, of the hardships of life, of the tyranny of time, of this idea that I've got to make a lasting legacy here on earth. This idea that, you know, that you... you that God will give up on you is, is something that should be affected by this concept. And so let's, let's pray to that end. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to appreciate this mind-boggling <laughs> idea that you loved us before time even existed and that you will always love us. Help us to understand the urgency of our need to make a decision that affects our eternity. That if we want to spend eternity in, quite frankly, something that felt a little bit like this morning, but <laughs> will be so much greater. Embraced by your love, embraced by truth and, and joy and peace, if we want that, that, that we have, have decisions, a decision to make. And I pray, Lord, that you'd work in each of our hearts, making sure that we've made that decision for you. Lord, help us to get your perspective on things and stop rushing around and being whipped about by time. Help us to live in each moment in you. And help us to never doubt your love for us, which is transcendent. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great day.